because I think the FIFA um, was kind of clear. We don't first, uh, we don't have to um, let the players go this time, and and I think all the clubs agree with the, with the same problems that um, we cannot let the boys just go and then sort the situation when they come back or visit our players in a 10-day quarantine in a hotel or whatever. That's just not possible. On this episode of PLNPJ's Klopp's Concerns and Stunned Seagulls. Welcome back to the only Premier League podcast with a dress code. That dress code being swim trunks, if you're Brent. Um, but for me, well, right. it's jammies. Yeah, and if you you can't tell, if you if you just can't tell by the sound of my voice, I'm living island style, as it were. Oh, yeah. Um, sitting here in my swim trunks, but still my PL and PJ shirt. You know, who's to say I couldn't sleep in swim trunks? Sure. But, uh, you know, enjoying some Hawaiian life some Hawaiian vacations, and some Hawaiian drinks. Having a blast. Having an absolute blast. Well, Brenton, I'm sure that you might catch some Zs on the beach while you're in your swim trunks, so I think they're suitable pajamas for this occasion. I, I do as well. I think I think it works, and the only sad part, Jake, is that we are now recording from afar once again. Right. We'll have two episodes this way, um, which is ironic because we had just gotten very excited about being together again for the foreseeable future, and then... You know, here I am. Well, don't worry. Once once you get back, we can be excited all over again about being right, with no, each other with new equipment, which we just ordered today. True. True. We're going to be sounding great in mm-hmm. a few weeks, hopefully. Mixer, mics, maybe some ring lights, maybe some TikToks. You know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, maybe some fuzzy socks and, uh, and that nightcap you always promised. Right. No, we'll see. We'll see. that. I'm, I'm still going back and forth on whether or not I want to deliver on that. But, Jake, we can now, with that out of the way, jump in. Match week 26-27 passed. We got some matches to talk about. Or rather, I have some sure, matches to yeah. talk about. So if, if you don't mind, I'm going to jump in. I never mind. Yeah, and you sometimes do. Don't say <laughs> never. But Saturday, February 27th, Man City beat West Ham 2-1. to West Brom beat Brighton 1-0 with a little bit of controversy. Leeds lost to Aston Villa. Villa 1, Leeds 0. Newcastle and Wolves drawing 1-1. On Sunday, February 28th, Crystal Palace and Fulham drew 0-0. Arsenal beat Leicester 3-1. Spurs beat Burnley 4-0 with a masterclass from Gareth Bale, looking like his old self, Mm -hmm. which I'm sure you're excited about. Oh, yes, I am. After that, Chelsea, Man United, 0-0. A couple 0-0s this week. After that, Liverpool beat Sheffield 2-0. On Monday, March 1st, Everton beat Southampton 1-0. And we've had some games today. We had some games yesterday. We're recording on a Wednesday, so we had Tuesday-Wednesday games. But as per usual, we are saving that for next week's episode to go over since all the matches aren't mm-hmm. finished yet. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But, Jake, I, I will say, 
um, because of the weird structure of this week, our fantasy, we are below average. We have 51 points, and there are 59 as the average. Ah. However, we are missing another Son performance and another Captain Dominic Calvert-Lewin performance. They both get another game, technically, for this match week, so it's very possible if Calvert-Lewin gets a goal or two, Son with another solid performance, that we could be above average again, which you know is always what we aim for. Both against bottom of the table uh, opponents, so hopeful about these two matches tomorrow. Oh, me too. And I was—I'm a little bummed we Frank, at this point didn't captain a player like Son or Diaz or Watkins. Calvert Lewin only got two points in that game against Southampton for playing 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ruben Diaz came away with 12. Son had 11. Ollie Watkins with seven. Rashford, Bruno both with six. So we had other choices. We just, I mean, we made a mistake in, right. in our captain, no. unless uh-huh. DCL has a big game. Right. Hat-trick performance would change everything. That would be absolutely massive. But Jake, mm-hmm. this is kind of getting into maybe a new segment already. I mean, I feel like we're flying through this. Hey, no worries. You know, maybe we're, we're cutting straight to business this week. You know, I'm, you know, I know you think island vibes, maybe not so business, more, maybe a little bit more casual. Right. But now that, I, now that I'm working again, putting in work, I feel very business-oriented, very refreshed and ready to, ready to get to the nitty-gritty. Well, also, the less time you spend on this podcast, the more time you have with your family in Hawaii enjoying Mai Tais. Well, you're not wrong. But, Jake, that being said, there is... A group of players is there this week, as there is every week, that we felt performed a little bit better than the rest. And could you give us an idea of who might be um, behind this group of players? Oh, of course, Brent. Our sponsor, Kona Brewing. Oh, wait. Sorry, I read that wrong. Uh, oh, wait a minute. I, I'm actually <laughs> drinking a Maui Brewing Company beer. Uh, that's right funny. Now, so. um, Coor Seltzer. Um, not sure if you heard of them, Brent, but they have created a seltzer that. I haven't. Uh, it's also, there's a great cause behind it. It helps support the rivers and, uh, you know, keeping the rivers uh, replenished and making sure they're all right. You know, we got to check on our rivers every once in a while. You know how it is. Um, and so every 12-pack you buy or equivalent uh, gives back to that cause, and, and we love to see it. No, you absolutely do. It's something that not only you can get behind if you love nature but also if you love seltzer you know you might as well give back while giving yourself something that you enjoy and jake now that we know that the team of the week is sponsored by core seltzer maybe you wouldn't mind taking the first few players brent i I would not mind at all um in between the sticks we got johnston from west bromwich albion who had a clean sheet and six saves um that's not too bad. No, not too bad at all. I would say, I would say an above-average game uh, for a goalkeeper. Um, but moving on to our defense, we have Davison Sanchez from Tottenham Hotspur who had a clean sheet with 11 aerials won and 10 clearances in what is, was a surprisingly dominant performance from a struggling defender. Um, moving on from that, we have Christensen from Chelsea who had... A hundred percent completion percentage for his passes, and I believe it's like something like seventy-seven passes. Yeah, that is unbelievable. Uh, that is absolutely yeah, unbelievable. It was stunning, and then three interceptions to go along with that previous stat. Uh, but enough to get him on this list. Uh, when you pass it that many times from the back and don't misplace a single one, uh, clean sheet to go with that as well. I believe that was the zero-zero draw. 
think so. And, you know, you get your, yourself on the, on the team. Uh, moving on, we have LaSalle's from uh, Newcastle, if I'm not mistaken, uh, who scored a goal, which you, you don't see him on the score sheet very often, uh, to go along with eight clearances, which uh, is the reason why he made it over some other players that we were choosing between. So uh, sure. good to see him on the team of the week. You know, I think maybe a first-timer. Uh, he is, absolutely. Moving on, we have Keane from Everton, who won seven aerials, had six clearances and three interceptions in that win. And he, he looked like he knew what he was doing back there, and he never really felt like they were going to get scored on. So no, you can't really ask for anything more from a defender. Well, you might ask for a little bit more. You would just be foolish to sure, ask sure, for more. Sure, sure, sure. You know? Uh, and Jake, I appreciate you you taking the lead and, and reading those out. But yeah. I'm going to continue on Please. with our midfield where we have Pedro Neto, an assist, three key passes, and two dribbles. Pretty decent, well-rounded, oh, yeah. great, whatever whatever adjective you feel like using. That's how he played. After that, we have Gilfi Sigurdsson, an assist, and three key passes for Everton. How do you feel about the pronunciation of that? Just out of curiosity. It, it sounded very Icelandic. Are you from there? Good. Uh, I'm not. I'm nowhere near that. Wow. Um, but you know, I, I've I've heard enough FIFA commentators, professional commentators, say his name. I thought I'd sure, shot sure, myself. Sure. Uh, after that, we have Ngolo Conte, seven tackles, four interceptions. So maybe not the flashiest stat line you ever see, but Pep Guardiola just did come out recently this week and say. The best defensive midfielders in the world don't have flashy stat lines, but the team plays well when they play great. And and that's kind of what you got from N'Golo Conte in this game. And after that, we have Traore, and people will say, oh, do you mean Bertrand Traore? Do you mean Adama Traore? You know, may, maybe you do your own research, but 14 dribbles and four key passes. Wow. Very impressive. Yeah. That's a lot of dribbles. 14 dribbles. That is unbelievable. And, you know, frankly, if, if he didn't deserve to be in the team of the week for four key passes, 14 dribbles for sure will get you in there. Mm-hmm. After that up front, we're going to have a strike force that Jake Hastings and other Spurs fans will love, including Gareth Bale, two goals and an assist looking like his former self, which I think is something that every Premier League fan can get excited about unless you're an Arsenal fan. Just because it's it's just fun to see him doing well. Yeah, it is. You know? and, and I hope that this form continues, not just for the excitement of the Premier League, but for Gareth as well. But after that, we had Heung-Min Son with two assists and seven key passes. I mean, I realize that they kind of walloped in their game. I mean, they, they just ran all over in their game, and, and they looked very dominant. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they, they still had some very considerably good performances against Burnley. So, Definitely. good for Spurs. Mm-hmm. Good for the team of the week. Not great for other players, Jake, as we transition into our next segment, which maybe you could elaborate a little bit on what I'm talking about. Well, sure. Uh, there were some comments that came out from Jurgen Klopp, if that's what you're talking about. It's exactly what I'm talking about. Um, and his concern about the upcoming World Cup qualifiers um, and how he doesn't really believe that players can go and be safe and isolate for whatever the 10-day quarantine period is in a hotel and then come back and isolate again in a hotel before coming back to their team. And he thinks that other managers probably agree with him on this, that it just doesn't make sense and that he 
kind of hinted at maybe not letting some players go, Brent. Which is very controversial because obviously the World Cup, a renowned tournament. Right. Lots of viewers. At, you know, every time I think it's, you know they get like three billion viewers per tournament. I think. Mm-hmm. Was the last one that came out, and so obviously, renowned world event, the world sport, the world's game, and in a. I mean, at the end of the day, the qualifiers are very important to each team and and in each nation in terms of getting into that that tournament, and so. Obviously, withholding some of the best players, presumably he's not too worried about sending reserves, you know, if they're right. from smaller nations. But withholding players like Saudi Omane, Mohamed Salah, with not necessarily as much implications as, oh, you withhold Trent Alexander Arnold from England, they have plenty of other solid defenders. Sure. Whereas you take Mohamed Salah out of Egypt, I mean, he That's is tough. the driving force of that yeah. team. How, do, how does the team react to that? How does the Frankly, how does the nation react to that? So uh, I, I get the concerns. I really do. But Jacob poses the question for me of, do you think it should be the player's choice? Brent, that is a good question. Um, and Klopp had a kind of a good answer for it. He said it's the club that pays them. So maybe that they, sh- they should you know, favor their club over their country in situations like this. I... I'm not so sure. I mean, it's your nation. It's the World Cup. Um, you want to see your team qualify, obviously. And for teams that are like on the fringes, like you mentioned Egypt and Senegal for Sadio Mane, um, I don't know. It's, it's tough because if you're the star player on your team for your nation and you're their best hope of qualifying for this world-renowned tournament that gets the most viewers of any sporting event um, ever... Uh, you, you want to take that chance. And if your club doesn't let you, you maybe kind of resent it in the future. So it, it's really it's tough choice if, if you're a player in the Premier League and someone like Jurgen Klopp says, I, I don't want you going back to your nation for these games. No, and I agree. And I, I think one of the bigger issues, or just another extending issue from that for me, mm-hmm. is that there are four Premier League season cycles between World Cups. You know, Liverpool isn't contending for the title anymore. They're contending for top four. So it's obviously still very important. But this is, while the qualifiers, you know, international breaks, international matches happen all the time, the World World Cup is a four-year process. You know, so in the amount of time that they could qualify for the World Cup and play in the World Cup, by the time the cycle restarts, you're getting another four Premier League seasons. And and Liverpool haven't won this season. It's looking like they're not going to. It's looking like City is going to. So I, I understand they're competing for the top four, but you know I, I guess it's hard for me to justify how you could take that decision away from a player who, yes, is getting paid by the club, but only gets this opportunity so often. Whereas the Premier League, you know, if Liverpool's not winning and it's not a tight race for them to get, you know, to the to the title, essentially they're they're not. Yeah. How do you deny Mohamed Salah from going to play for his country? and getting his country into an event that, that only occurs once every four years. I, I think that's where a little bit of the controversy comes in for me. Um, I, I don't know what the correct answer is, though. I, I will admit that. I don't know what teams are going to do, but it'll be an interesting dynamic to watch as those games approach. And especially, I mean, obviously we can all relate as U.S. players, you know, or U.S. fans as well, that our players, we want them there. But 
what if Juventus doesn't let Weston McKinney go? What if Chelsea doesn't let Christian Pulisic go? You know, I, there, there are huge implications on the teams. And, and obviously COVID has just kind of put a wrench in a lot of plans. Right. And in some aspects, uh, it could turn into, you know, the FA or even the country's government. Um, their problem, and it might be taken out of the hands of managers altogether, because uh, I know that there are some countries in Europe that don't let players go and come back in a certain amount of time. Uh, they have to sit yeah. out for like too long or whatever. That's not worth it. Um, and I know currently England isn't one of those countries that um, isn't allowing people to leave and come back um, without a certain quarantine yeah. period, at least um, for these uh, Premier League players. So it's something where to change in the government where something was implemented mm-hmm. where they couldn't leave and come back in a certain amount of time, then that might be taken out of the manager's hands altogether. But until then, I, I think it should be the player's choice. I think the managers should let them decide. Um, they could give them all the facts and all their opinions and tell them, here, I don't, I don't want you guys to go. But at the end of the day, I think it should be the player. Yeah, Jake, I, I tend to agree with you. And uh, I guess at the end of the day, we have no say. You know, we can give our opinions on sure, it, but yeah. we don't know what's going to happen. And it'll be interesting to see what happens. Definitely. Um, but, but Brent. Jake, what I was going to say really quick on, the, uh, on a quick interjection, though, is this does not really affect Man City. You know, I think they're going to win regardless of whether or not they lose a few players to World Cup qualifying. You know? Yeah, Brent, I, it's going to take a lot more. <laughs> To stop sitting. Yeah, no, I tend to agree with you. And I'm sorry, you were getting ready to transition. I keep going with it. I just wanted to throw that in. Right. Um, I was going to say, speaking of uh, taking it out of the hands of the manager, uh, VAR did just that uh, for the Seagulls of Brighton of Albion um, this past weekend. Jake, I'm glad that you brought that up because there was a lot of controversy around that situation and I get that we've talked about VAR a lot right I right. mean I mean there are issues with it that have come up all season but considering that Brighton scored that was disallowed and it was slammed and, and I'm quoting by Jeff Sterling a shameful disgraceful piece of nonsense Wow. and <laughs> yeah no isn't it I mean look great for Sam Johnstone because he ended up in our team of the week because of it. You know, if he doesn't get the sure, shoot, sure, maybe sure. he's not in the team. Um, it's it's just it's frustrating to see VAR go back and forth on choices, and it, it just makes it seem that much more like there really needs to be a set standard of rules. Um, right. You know, having having referees make back and forth choices, just to have VAR overturn it. I mean, it, it's just. Interesting, and, and I think the most frustrating thing is that VA, that after the VAR decision, they had the free kick leading to the goal be taken again. You know, so so it's it's just kind of an interesting situation. I don't know what your opinion on it is. Um, I don't. Know, maybe you want to give a play by play of it. I don't know what what you were planning sure, to do sure, with sure. this segment, but it's just for me. It's frustrating. Is, yeah. is the best word that I could say. Right, and, and Brent, I, I will give a play-by-play just for the listeners that uh, did not see the uh, play that we're talking about. Uh, so Brighton versus uh, West Bromwich Albion, and Brighton have a free kick a couple yards outside the box, and the referee blows his whistle, takes a step back from where like, he just kind of like 
made sure the ball was in the right place. Took a step back, and Lewis Dunk, who's standing maybe two yards from the ball, just steps up and qu- takes it quickly while Sam Johnson's at his far right post and puts it in the back of the net. Um, he then, the referee rules it out because, I, I, I don't know why he rules it out, because he blew the whistle in the, in the first place. Um, and then he goes and rules it back as a goal uh, without VAR, just rules back as a goal. And they're going back to the center circle. They're going to kick off, and then VAR is looking at it. And they say, no, actually, it's not a goal. And the reasoning they gave is because he did blow the whistle to, to say, okay, you're good to go. But then he blew the whistle again while the ball was in the air going towards the net. And they said that the whistle was blown before the ball was in the net. So technically, it doesn't count. And I, I, I think... As a neutral party, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's just very frustrating. Like I said, the inconsistency is what gets me. Um, I understand that not every play is straightforward in any sport. You know, I mean, the, there there can always be things that you could nitpick about any sport, any play. However, I, just VAR's role, again, in becoming the video assistant referee versus the video referee is right. what frustrates me. If the, if the referee on the field, and I know I've said this plenty of times before, but if the referee on the field had called it back for a goal, why is it VAR's place to then go in and say, oh, he blew his whistle again? Because what was the second whistle for? Uh, you know, yeah. I mean, it's just, <laughs> it, I mean, he could have just blow, been blowing the whistle for fun. You know, who knows? Yeah, you know, maybe that, maybe he was just maybe he had a tune stuck in his head that, and was starting to do it, and then realized that, that would be called he was an, a referee. An incidental whistle in the NBA sure. if that were to happen. No, for sure. And and it's just frustrating that I don't, the back and forth is what frustrates me. Between there are times times where I think VAR is great, um, but I feel like ninety percent of the time I just get frustrated with it. And I know, like we had mentioned before, Wayne Rooney called for it to be taken away as he's now the coach of Darby in the championship. I I don't really disagree with it after all the issues that they've had with it. I understand there was going to be a trial period always to see how it worked out and Mm -hmm. work out some kinks, but it's been almost a full season now with it. And they're still having these same issues and so much controversy over it. It's just frustrating as a fan to go back and forth, and I can only imagine how frustrating it is for a fan of one of the teams directly affected by it, or of the managers affected by it, and I don't know, do you, I guess, do you think VAR should go away, or do you do you like it in the league? Well, I don't think it should go away. I think refs need to be smarter about how they use it, and their on-field calls, because none of this happens if the referee just stay, stands by his original decision and says, okay, like, I blew that whistle again. Like, it's no goal. But he said that and then gave a goal after that and then had to go back after VAR. So I, I think it's, it's a precarious situation. If you're a referee, you kind of have to maneuver around, you know, these newer kind of rules that are being put in place because of VAR and the standards that you have to set because of it. Um, so it's really tough. I can't say I don't want VAR, and I can't say I want everything that's going on right now, obviously. Somewhere in the middle is ideal, but, you know, that's probably too much to ask for. But I will say... Oh, I think definitely. <laughs> yeah, I will say 
it wasn't actually the only controversy this week for VAR. Um, I'm sure you're familiar with the no handball on Callum Hudson-Odoi in the United-Chelsea game. So it it happens multiple times a week, and it's just tough. Well, and I think the other frustrating part about that, and Luke Shaw actually avoided a ban after saying what he said, but he said the referee told the Manchester United players after the call, it was too controversial, I can't give a penalty. Right. That was was the referee's quote. Which... You know, assuming Luke Shaw was telling the truth, which, I mean, I am. I don't know why he'd lie about that. Mm-hmm. I assume the players were frustrated. But, you know, the fact that you're – at the point that you're not making calls because it's too controversial, I would rather just say, okay, it's controversial. If the ref didn't call it on the field, then it's fine. But the fact that he then went over to look at a replay just to come back again and say it's too controversial, I mean, why need VAR in the first place to decide that something is controversial, I guess, is, is where I get frustrated. Either either go over and make a decision, yes or no, and be confident about it, but don't come back and say that you can't give a penalty or not give a penalty because it would be too too controversial for the media. Yeah, I, that's, that's just frustrating. Right, and if he actually did say that, that's kind of something that could lead to a referee kind of getting suspended, maybe, because you can't you know, shy away from a call because you think there's going to be backlash. Right. Um, Um, But it seems to be an issue every match week, Jake, and it'll probably be an issue again in the upcoming match week because that's how it goes. But the upcoming match week, Jake, that's kind of your segment. Right, that kind of is my segment. But I just want to say one thing, and then we could put the whole Brighton VAR thing to bed. Say it. Say it, baby. Brighton missed two penalties in that game, so I, I feel zero bad for them. Sure. No, that's fair. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they had op- other opportunities, so I really don't feel that bad about this one getting ruled out. But moving on to our coming mm-hmm. up fixtures, Mr. Brent. We have uh, just a regular match week, pretty much. Uh, we, we do have one random midweek game, but, th- but that's it. Other than that, it's a normal match week. And uh, we love to see it. Oh, I'm a big fan of it, for sure. Right. Uh, I'm going to start us off with our, our Saturday games, and that's Saturday, March 6th, for those keeping score at home. Um, 7.30 a.m. Eastern Time, we have Burnley Arsenal, Brent. Jake, here's the thing. Arsenal and Burnley, yeah. two teams in the Premier League. You know, they are. When you think about it, they are two teams in the Premier League. Um, however, Arsenal completely dominates the series, but Burnley won the last one. And because of that, I'm going to go for a draw in this game. Brent, that is not a bad pick and something I heavily considered. Um, Arsenal, though, I think in good enough form to kind of see off Burnley. Uh, I will say there is a chance uh, that they do draw, and that's if there is a mistake on the back from Arsenal, which, you know, if you've seen their back line, very likely. Um, so that's why, yeah. that's why I consider the, the draw. Um, we saw today uh, a, a mistake in the back line from Leicester lead to a Burnley sure. goal, and they drew 1-1. But, yeah, I think something similar could happen. But I'm going to trust Arsenal enough to get that win. Okay. Moving on, also on that same day, at 
10 a.m. Eastern, we have Sheffield United versus Southampton. Jake, I'm going to go for a Southampton victory in this game purely because of the fact they really need it. I know they're in bad form, Sheffield coming off a win, but but Southampton need a result, and I think they get it. Yeah, I would agree that they need the result. I don't think they necessarily get the result because they need it. They've needed the last nine results, and they haven't gotten them. Um, That's true. So I'm going to go with the draw. All right. Yeah, so I don't love it because I think that's probably pretty likely, but I get it. Yeah, know? no, I, I like that we're different on these first two picks. I, I know that we were pretty different last week, and off the top of my head, I, I want to say that you did better than me this past week, which is not great for someone who's already, what, 11 points behind in our pickup? Sure. Um, but, you know, we can turn around here. Maybe all these go my way, so we'll see. Hey, who knows? Uh, but moving on to the noon 30 game. Aston Villa Wolves. Jake, I'll tell you, I I said it before, I wasn't riding the Villa train. Sure. And I'm still not going to. I think Wolves win this game. Uh, even though it's away at Aston Villa? Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, um, spoiler for next episode, Sheffield just beat Aston Villa, even though they were down to mm-hmm. 10 men today. Um, I think if Grealish is back, Aston Villa get the win. And I'm not confident that he's going to be back, so I'm going to go with the draw. That's, that's probably the safe pick there. Right. Uh, who knows with Grealish these days if he's going to be healthy, um, which is sad because great player, fun player to watch. Oh, yeah. No, he's fantastic. He really is. Um, and a little fun side note, I believe uh, Chris Wilder, is that Sheffield's manager, Gaffer? It is. Uh, he said that he's England's best player. Best player in England, I think, actually, is the wow. correct term he said That's today. Unbelievable. Um, but, yeah, moving on from that, uh, our last game on... Wait, 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 real quick. Does he know Phil Jones is still playing? Oh, I, I don't think he did. I forgot, actually, honestly. Yeah, no, okay, that's fair. Yeah, so, no. so maybe he should say, like, second best player. Well, let's not hold it against him. Maybe he forgot, you know? Yeah, no, that's fair. It would be easy, too. But, anyway, continue. Yeah, continue. I, I will continue. Um... Last game on Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern, we have Brighton versus Leicester. And, Jake, I'm going to do this on the fly, but... I'm going to go for a Brighton draw if you'll give it to me in this game as a surprise. Um, Yeah, I'll give it to you. I'm feeling a little generous. Uh, Brighton have been in not great form. I mean, neither have Leicester. But the difference in the well, table. Well, that's the thing is, Leicester the haven't the been in good form. That's why I'm saying it about it. It's the difference in the table and the fact that Brighton have never beaten Leicester in the Premier League and only drawn twice. Sure. To Leicester, Leicester has won every single game. That that makes me feel like it's a bit of a surprise. No, that's a, that's a surprise enough for me. I'll, I'll definitely give it to you. Um, I'd be okay with that. I I have money on Brighton being relegated, and then obviously I want Leicester to drop points because of Spurs. Sure. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to give it to you. I, however, am hey, going thanks. to pick a Leicester win. Just uh, okay. Because prob- probability sakes, I, I need uh, I need those points for the pick'em. No, I get it. And look, I get that. I get that. Maybe that's on the if you're fancy side sure, for sure, Brighton sure. Leicester. But but it, I mean, I just feel like at the point that Leicester have won, I don't even know what that percentage would be. But but most of the games in the Premier League, other than two that they've played. Right. Um, I feel like, you know, it's a surprise for Brighton to pick up any points. Yeah, and, and you give me the power of veto, which is nice. So it's like I – it. Sure. And, and I'm, I'm letting it go. So 
I, I can have no complaints, Mr. Brent. Yeah, and, and Jake, I want to throw out also my player to watch is going to be Trossard from Brighton. Oh, player to watch. Yeah, on the just fly. throwing it on you. I love it. Yeah. Uh, not a bad player to watch. He was my, I think, player to watch for the remaining part of the season for those yeah, he's uh, great. bottom half teams. But yeah, uh, Mr. Brent. Oh, actually, I already picked Lester, right? Okay. Uh, you did. You sure did. Mr. Brent, we're going to move on to Sunday, March 7th. And early morning game, uh, especially early for you out in Hawaii. Two in the morning, Hawaii. Two, two in the morning, yeah. Uh, 7 a.m. Eastern for you normal people. Uh, it's going to be West Brom versus Newcastle. Jake, I am going to go for a Newcastle victory in this game. Okay. Um, I'm also going to go for a Newcastle victory in this game. But oh. my follow-up question to this is... Well, if it were Man United, which obviously it's not, and they play at 6.30 a.m., which is reasonable for you, if it were Man United, would you just not go to sleep? I would probably still go to sleep if they were playing West Brom or Newcastle. Honestly, I don't know that I'd wake up to watch that game or stay up to watch that game. I know I just stayed up until 4.30 in the morning for a 24-hour sure. live stream with a friend, but... For Manchester United playing one of those two teams, I don't know that I would. What if it were the I Derby? They would disappoint. What if they switched the fixture well, times? United would disappoint. You okay. know, uh, it, it, they, oh, I would for sure stay up to watch the Manchester Derby. No okay. question. Okay, what? Not like a 10 p.m. sleep, four-hour little nap. No, no, 100. percent I I would wake up it, or okay. I would just stay up until four. Then, if that was United versus Spurs and I were with you, I, I would definitely just be drinking that entire night with you and watching it together. I think that'd be a blast. Well, hey, I appreciate you saying that, but fortunately, that's not the case yeah. this week. Maybe in know? the future. And, and there is more normal time games after that. Sure. At 9, p- 9 a.m. Oh, my gosh. 9 a.m. Eastern, we have Liverpool Fulham. I'm going to go for a Liverpool victory in this game, Jake. Brent, I'm going to agree with you. I know we just agreed twice in a row, and that's scary. But uh, here we are. Here we are. Um, and now moving on to the game that I prefaced a little earlier. 11.30 a.m., the Manchester Derby. Jake, I want to I wanna pick United so badly for my own psyche. You know, they've sure. United haven't lost this fixture the last three games in the Premier League. They've won two and drawn one, but... I think City flip it back in this one, and City win. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I wanted to pick a draw just because of how Man United has played the other top sure. six or big six teams recently. Draws have been wild. Um, I, I'm going to go with a City victory. I think City victory I think you have to. under two and a half goals, lock it. Yeah, I I mean United have seven points from their last five games in the Premier League. You know, I mean I don't I don't see them getting. I mean they're they're just not really scoring. This right. part of the issue as right, well. Right, so right. I think I think City walk all over them. And Brent, in the spirit of doing things on the fly, I'm I'm gonna make that my Jake's bet of the week. Ooh, Man City victory. I'm a big fan of that. Under two and a half, same game parlay. So, yeah. All right. I'm in. That's it. That's what I'm doing. Um, but, Brent, we have one more game on Sunday, and that's at 2.15 Eastern, and that's Tottenham Crystal Palace. 
I'm going to go for a Spurs victory in this game, Jake. However, their last two results have been 1-1 draws, so I almost picked another draw to keep the train going. You know, choo-choo. But I'm going to pick a Tottenham victory. Does it change your mind at all if I tell you that Wilfred Zaha is supposed to be healthy for this game? It does not. Okay. Um, It doesn't change my mind either. The way we're playing right now, I, I think we get the victory here. All right. We as in Tottenham. Sorry, I was finishing my beer. No, and that's why it took me. I, a I heard a little. I heard the gulp. So. Yeah. Well, having having the microphone, you know, and the head, you know, doing the phone. Sure, call, sure, lets sure. You hear everything that's going on sure. in the background. Um, well, Brent, moving on to Monday, March eighth, we got two games. First one at one p.m. Eastern, and that is Chelsea Everton, which should be a good game. It should be a really good game. However, and maybe you'll find this a surprise, I think Chelsea are going to wreck Everton. Wow. That I think they surprise. win like 3-1. to one. Brent, if I pick yeah. Chelsea here, we'll have picked the last five in a row together. Yeah, no, but I mean that'll happen from time to time, right? I mean it's it's we pick a lot of games. It's very possible that at some point we would have some of the same picks in a week. Right. I yeah, I just think Everton how they looked against Southampton. I I think Chelsea beat them by probably the same margin that you've picked. So yeah, that's that's my story. I'm sticking with it. No, I like it. I like your stories. And we we have one more game on Monday. Um and that is West Ham versus Leeds at 3 p.m. Eastern. Jake, for the sake of the top four race, I kind of want them to draw this game, but I think West Ham will win this game. So I'm picking West Ham. Right. Um, I do want to lean towards West Ham, but for the sake of the top four race, Brent. Wee-oo, wee-oo, mm-hmm. wee-oo, wee-oo. Ooh. Leeds over West Ham. I like it. Um, Which also leads me to my player to watch, Mr. Brent. Okay. And that's going to be Jack Harrison. I like it. I like the guy. I like you. Mm -hmm. I like the choice. Oh, my goodness. So much liking in this atmosphere. I can feel it. I've liked a few things in my time. That's for sure. You can count on that. I, I don't doubt it, Brent. Um, but that leads us to our final game that we're going to cover. Um, not part of the same match week. It's Manchester City versus Southampton. And that's on Wednesday, March 10th at 1 p.m. Yeah, if I'm, if I'm just going to keep the win streak rolling, which I am, I'm going to pick Man City to win this game as well. Yeah, um, just... Based on best odds for me to get points, I'm, I'm also going to go Man City. I, I don't see anything else happening. Well, and, and frankly, Jake, and I don't mean to throw this on you, but I don't know how you could, you know? <laughs> I, I, I can't. That's the end of the story, Brent. <laughs> no, it is. It absolutely is. Um, can we get some little fantasy updates for this upcoming week? Maybe make some decisions Jake- on the fly? So so here's the thing. We have transfers to spend. We have one in particular that I think we hold on to for a week. We still have Kyle Walker-Peters on the bench, but 
With the injury list we have of possibly Fabianski, Grealish, and Walker Peters, I think we hold on to the transfer for a week and kind of let the team ride a bit. Okay. If if that works for you. Sure. However, sure, sure, sure. the only real change that that I've got going on that you know I, I can for sure get your opinion on is throwing in Bednarek for Cresswell in the defense because he has a two-game week, Sheffield and City, and then Grealish maybe throwing in Suchek or Cresswell if he stays hurt. I still have him in there in case he comes back to play. Right. Um, but but leaving him in for now could possibly change for, again, Aaron Cresswell or Thomas Suchek if he is not fit. But the team as it stands is a McCarthy and goal playing Sheffield and City, so a double, a double hit. Mm-hmm. Cancelo and Diaz playing United and Southampton. Bednarek playing Sheffield and City. Fernandez against City. Heung-Min Son captained against Crystal Palace. Jack Grealish against Wolves. Rashford against City. Watkins against Wolves. Bamford against West Ham. And Calvert-Lewin against Chelsea. I... I don't see anything wrong with that. Um, I think, yeah, because Cresswell's playing Leeds, who have come out very attacking, so he might lose that clean sheet early. Um, right. And then I guess I, I will say my one skeptical part of me wants to say Bednarek has had two negative games before. Um, oh, he's had some nightmares in, re- in, <laughs> in recent weeks. 2.1.2.00, negative 7 in his last, right. what? So, Six. yeah, makes me, you know, wary of putting him in, even though he does have two match weeks. But I, I think it's sure too good of a thing to pass up. It's the two games, especially one being against Sheffield. Sure, makes me feel a little confident in him. Right. Um. I'm not sure how Sheffield have been on, you know, their corners and free kicks, and maybe Benrek squeaks in a goal. Um, I don't see that happening against Man City, although they did just give up one um, last game against uh, whoever that was. <laughs> Wolves. Connor yeah. Cody. Get, but, I mean, it's always goal. possible. You know, I mean, you, you never really know. Right. Um, I, I will say I think we, we do have the better odds of p- playing him twice. Hey, may the odds be ever in your favor, you know? Correct. Thank you for that reference. Yeah, no, no worries. But, Brent, do we have anything else to cover or are we well i think you already covered some bets i did so i think we're good um i'm feeling funky fresh over here after my you know my double ipa and my fancy (sighs) drink my dad made for me um just throwing in a little floater as well so between the 8.5 percent beer and the drink with the floater i'm i'm feeling funky fresh you know i love that big island vibes right now um I would love to get... Hey, you know what? What? Oh, tell me. No, you tell me. I was going to say, I'd, I'd love to get uh, B-Rye on here at some point, but uh, maybe next week. Hey, maybe we can get his opinion on some things. Not not even necessarily about the Premier League, just, no, just life, life in general. Yeah. You know, he's lived it more than we have, for sure. So uh, He's got some salt and pepper in that beard, so B-Rye we beer. love it. Ooh. I'm starting to think maybe I should put some salt and pepper in my beard. Not like in terms of like the coloring, just like actual grind some salt it. and pepper oh, in there. Gosh. Yeah. Uh, just so I've always got a little flavor right. on me, you know? Spice things up. I don't hate Season that idea. things up. Well, of course you won't. When you're sitting across from me, you're going to look over. You're going to see salt and pepper all over my face, and you're going to think, this man's well-seasoned. And tan. 
Um, I do want to throw out there, I want to say next week, I'm going to have some of those home brews that uh, we made at our friend Ben's house. Ooh. That Those IPAs. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. Excited. Um, so I'm going to do a live review next week um, for some wow. homebrew IPA uh, that I was part of the process in making. So hoping it's at least, you know, drinkable. Well, we both were. Yeah, we both we were, were both for there sure. for it. We were both there. All right. Well, I'm, I'm in. I'm yeah. in. I can't wait to hear about it. Yeah. No, another uh, shorter episode, Brent. But, you know, I mean, it's just uh, yeah, how, I don't how we're it. flowing. I will I know. say. It's great. I mean, if we do shorter episodes, then when we record together... There's more time for, like, FIFA, you know. Right, giggles. Neck massages, you know, the usual. Whatever it gets into, you know, who's to say what's going to happen? You know, I mean, whatever happens, happens. But we'll have some extra time to make it happen. Exactly. Um, but yeah, You get it. Brent, can we, can we get a little Hawaiian send-off from you? Uh, I'm going to say aloha and mahalo for listening to the only Premier League podcast with a dress code. That dress code being hula skirts. And coconut bras. Oh my goodness. Brent, I would pay but all that underneath a fiver a and a tenner oh. to see you in a coconut bra. Well, maybe we can make that dream a reality for maybe, you. Maybe, huh? maybe we can. But until then, <laughs> uh, we will catch everyone next week. 